On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about the win against the Washington football team and look ahead to the Arizona Cardinals matchup on Thursday night. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Jones, look at that balance! Aaron Jones, see ya! Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pack It Up Packers Podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hey, 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 hey. What's up, geniuses? I'm just going to start <laughs> calling you guys the professors. This is going to be a very uh, emotional podcast. Ups and downs, ups and downs. Well, I'm just going to start with you guys were experts on this analysis. Correct. Do, do we want to go are. through some of uh, the shots you both called? Did you like, get my email where I listed out everything I did, Dan? Do you just want to I, <laughs> I may or may not have gone back and listened this morning just to confirm or deny because I'm like, this game feels like it happened the way the gentlemen were telling me it was going to happen. So I'll just go down the list. Ryan, you said the Redskins, the football team, feel like Ooh. they're going to feel like they're going to hang in it early and then they just don't have enough to stay in it. It was Correct. a game until like two, three minutes left in the first half. You said McLaurin can make some big plays. We said Heineke can make some plays. He's mobile enough to escape pressure. Then you specifically said it feels like they're going to get a 40-plus yard gain, and it's going to be right over Stokes. It was exactly 40 yards, and it was McLaurin over Stokes. You said said Tanya's going to score a touchdown. We as a podcast (laughs) said it's going to be over a linebacker because that's the weak spot. It was Tunyon for a touchdown over a linebacker. Josh, you added Dean Lowry's going to cause a lot of disruptions. He's going to have a lot of tackles for loss. Did we add turnovers? Dean Lowry had a day. Boys, we were on it. We said they probably won't get to 20 points. They didn't get to 20 points. <laughs> I, I, I think we're it getting was, good at this thing. It was, it was one of those I happened to be with Josh for the, the first half. And we just kept looking at each other, high-fiving, being very egotistical about how well that game went. It's just it, – oh, it was interesting. The ego boost, you already had it? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, it was just – it was oh, everything. It was everything. Take it all back. You guys aren't – Hey, and you know <laughs> how well all those things went? Uh, the wives still don't listen to this podcast. So you know what? Never, we can't even never we can't will. At home. So all right. I Let's pay my wife. 24 to 10 was the final score. Uh, it, it it had just moments. It, it felt like a lot of these kind of Packer games where you never were fearful that we were going to lose the game, even though Washington had their moments. Heineke going for 38 yards on one scramble was not ideal. Him just just die for the end zone, bro. Like, I, I mean, why are you trying? I know it's kind of dumb. He, he kind of because he's a quarterback giving himself up it. It, it stops as soon as the knee drops, but man, you got to hit the end zone if you're him, but yeah. it, lots of things to discuss. Let's just stay right with this defense uh, that, I mean, we're going to say it every single week until it, until it doesn't happen. But Campbell is just 
everywhere on the field. He almost had twice as many tackles as number two, which happened to be Rashawn Gary, who had a decent game, two sacks for the big boy. Kiki was there in the middle. Sullivan got his interception and was able to give it to his dad, who was there for the first time ever seeing him play as an NFL player. So with this defense that, again, I can't stress this enough, is a skeleton crew in a lot of ways still was able to hold it together and only give up 10 total points. Yeah, it's another great showing by and they had to change positions mid game again. Rasul Douglas got hurt right away and was out for a little bit, Uh, you know, so throwing in another corner at at this already battered up secondary crew. Uh, But I want to call out Rasul Douglas. He played good again. He had the highest PFF rating. Uh, this past week on our defense, which is a little skewed, but he only allowed one completion uh, for four yards. So way to go, Rasul. But I'm I'm pointing out Gary. I'm not happy with how Gary's playing. Really? Hold on. Hold on. Let me. I had to swallow. But oh, oh. he's getting pressures. He's had 14 quarterback pressures in the past two weeks, seven and seven, which is an insane number because – Comparing that to like a TJ Watt who only has 18 on the year, um, that that stat stands out. But when you watch his pressures, they're just very underwhelming. You know, I feel like the quarterback always sees Gary coming. He never he did get the forced fumble, which was amazing. And he did have two sacks, which was great. But it was the Washington Redskins, everybody. So let's calm down a little bit. Um, I I really am excited to see uh, shoot Washington football team. So everybody don't get too excited. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm excited to see us go up against the, the Cardinals, even though they have everybody pretty much healthy on their offense. They just got another weapon in Zach Ertz. Um, I'm excited to see how our defense actually stands up and how these these guys who have stepped up and helped us beat weaker competition. Let's be honest. Um, how are they going to do against some of the cream of the crop that's been scoring over 30 points almost every single game? Yeah, I'm, I'm not ready for that analysis yet. But the Rayshon Gary vibe, I think ever since I jumped off his bandwagon, he's been uh, statistically improving. And you can critique like how cute his sacks are, but he's getting sacks. He's making plays. He's getting the quarterback pressures. So I'm pretty sure – like if this podcast was going to be rated explicit, I could just really start going after him and he'd become a pro bowler hall of fame player. This is kind of how this is working, right? When I'm a fan of him, he doesn't produce I jump off the bandwagon. He starts producing. And then if I really just start going after him, he's going to be a hall of famer, but I won't do that. I'm not that aggressive. I'm really impressed with the way he's turning it up in the absence of other outside linebackers right now. Uh, he's been our stalwart. He's been, the role that, you know, he, he's fulfilling the role we needed him to fulfill. Devondre Campbell, I mean, he's the early leader for season defensive MVP. If not, you know, if Devontae wasn't doing what he's doing, maybe the team MVP just coming out of nowhere. What a blessing in disguise. Uh, but I agree with you that we've played some not so great competition. We gave up a ton of yardage. Uh, we fixed some things in the red zone we can talk about, but all that yardage concerns me. Because Taylor Heineke, who's mobile enough, is what we called him, uh, had some success in the scramble game, in the scramble drill. And we got a guy that's reminding me of Michael Vick, just being a lefty, escaping pressure, 
you just can't tackle the guy coming up on Thursday with no practice to prep and socially distanced uh, visual or virtual practice to begin with uh, because of all the COVID issues. I think we're going to get a real test, and I'm not sure it's going to be anything we want to uh, like record a podcast about. I think we almost just want a turtle shell next week and not talk about it. I don't yeah, think it's going to be that, that good. I agree with you. I think when I look at this defense, the most worrisome thing is the fact that Heineke got almost 100 rushing yards, mm-hmm. 100 rushing yards. And I'm not saying he's a, a Tom Brady runner. So, I mean, he's got some wheels on him to get going. But the problem was we actually contained the edge well to push him back to the middle. And then there was nobody remotely close to making the tackle. And so it's it's one of those games where, you know, it's going in the right direction, and we're we're yeah. making oh, yeah. improvements. Kenny Clark probably would have made a bigger difference in that center. He kind of you know Quiet game. wasn't wasn't there. So it's if you have Kenny Clark holding it down, uh, and even I would have liked to have seen more Slayton in this game. Just saying, hey, we need somebody to stay home in that center of the line and get a push for when they keep coming back in. Uh, I wouldn't have minded to see him just him out there a little bit more, just knowing that, hey, he's not going to push him one side. He's going to stand pat and just make the tackles. But when you're facing somebody like uh, Kyler Murray coming up, Mahomes coming up, even to the point we know uh, Cousins is going to run when he has a chance and he's scrambling, like that worries me that our biggest weakness was we just could not stop. Taylor Heineke running up the middle for huge chunks of yardage. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I'm going to bring that up later. Um, but the rest of the defensive line, Kiki Lowry, absolutely love their play. Uh, it, it was fun to watch them get, get a little uh, stat stat. Uh, what pad the stats a little bit, I guess we could call it. We should have called it the pad the stats game or something. What I am shocked most about is the turnovers. Um, it is it's something that has plagued the Packers defense for quite some time is just the lack of turnovers. And now it just seems like we're averaging to a game without really trying. So even though our defense isn't the best, they're beat up. Um, yes, they get beat from time to time. They leave the middle wide open from time to time for quarterbacks to run for 40 yards. But as long as you get those those few turnovers every game and Aaron Rodgers can turn that into points. That's where you set up yourself for success. Now, if our kicking game and our special teams could get a little bit more fine tuned, not even fine tuned, let's just say good average uh, average. Yes. That's a great word. We would be, we would be very well off uh, even with all of the injuries. And they did a nice job on Deandre Carter on kick returns, but the field goal block, I think we've all been talking about it for like a month that something disastrous was going to happen. Luckily, we also got a block. There were misses. Everything worked out. Uh, but the big thing we got to call out that we haven't talked about yet was the the red zone statistic, right? We had been 0 for 15 giving up scores every time the opposing team got into the red zone. And this week, somehow, the the Washington football team, excuse me, almost did it again got down in the red zone four times the Packers not only didn't allow a score but they did not commit a penalty on 19 plays in the red zone and that's been another issue for them so I understand the football team's offense isn't everything it's made out to be but 
They have McLaurin. They have Antonio Gibson. It's an NFL team. So they statistically had a huge turnaround there. I, I think Kenny Clark was the one that just tweeted out in all caps, red zone defense, you know, coming out of the locker room like two hours after the game. Uh, so they knew that that was a stat and, and they fixed it. It, it. It's not as dramatic as we can make it sound by just talking about it. it they were playing the same defense and it just worked out this week. Uh, but that was a big hurdle to get over and they got over it in a big way. So now we're looking them, we're looking at them to go make some consistent stops in the red zone. That's something they need to, they need to continue that trend moving forward. Agree. And I almost was surprised that Washington didn't throw to McKissick more often, just getting him in there to, to kind of be in the backfield for either blocking support and just jumping out in that open space. But regardless, let's talk about this green Bay offense that, I mean, it was fine. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great. I mean, we we talked uh, we talked we talked a lot, a lot, a lot about how we we're excited about how this rushing game has evolved, and boys, you it was not there at all. And I understand that Washington really they played a, a very good game up front. They were aggressive. They were hungry. I mean, they came out of the gates just all all systems go. When you were looking at Jonathan Allen coming out of nowhere and just his old. Uh, old face mask, which I appreciated, but Jones ended up with six carries for 19 yards. Devontae got his touchdown. Tunyon got his touchdown. Lazard finally broke through and was a consistent contributor. But, I, I mean, it was one of those that it was not flashy. It by no means was sexy, but they got enough of the job done to hold uh, hold up the W at the end. Yeah, in that run game... You know, the offensive line struggled and and maybe it was the summation of missing Bakhtiari and Josh Myers couldn't, you know, got placed on IR and isn't going to be here for a couple of weeks against a very good defensive line, which we highlighted. But um, they had held their own up until this point. Uh, but a little bit of a chicken the, and the egg. Did the O-line struggle because there was no commitment to the run game or did did the run game, you know, get dropped because the O-line was struggling. So in the box score, there's 15 runs, which is low, but it's not terrible. But uh, Bill Huber of Sports Illustrated actually did the, I'll call it math, but he called out an end around to Equinemius, two Aaron Rodgers runs, and two Kylan Hill runs were in garbage time. So there was only really 10, what he called meaningful runs today during the game. Only 10 runs in a game that was competitive for the entire first half. And comfortable but you know it wasn't 35 to 3 just a random score i decided to throw out there it wasn't 35 to 3 in the second half right it was still a game so did they go away from it because the o-line was struggling or did the o-line struggle because it was one-sided offense i i think they're struggling uh if you go back and watch the game the whole first half they were getting beat pushed back we weren't getting any type of push um I mean, yes, they shouldn't have abandoned the run. You know, they should have kept pushing, hoping hoping that, you know, you're more in shape than the other side. But I think we're that was just how good that defensive line was. They were stronger. They were faster. They were better. Um, and instead of fighting it and getting people possibly injured and more people hurt, uh, a.k.a. our running backs, um, let's keep them healthy. Let's keep people off the ground and just dink and dunk over top of them. I mean, it, it wasn't pretty. I mean, but they gave what was there or, or they took what was there. 
Uh, I mean, Mercedes Lewis, I mean, a couple of his, I mean, they weren't pretty, but hey, he averaged 10 a catch. Uh, Alan Lazard, beautiful behind the uh, back shoulder catch. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looked like Devontae Adams doing that crap. But I mean, it's not pretty. But when you when you average one, two, three, four, five, six, six people with three catches or more and all more than 20 yards, that means you're spreading it around. That means you're keeping every defensive player on their toes. Oh, is it my time? Is it my time? Are they coming towards me next? Um, And I think they did a great job of doing it when really nothing was working. I feel like you hinted towards it here, but Ryan, don't you regret you'd have to go back and do like some next gen stat analysis on how safeties are playing us. But I feel like we're getting a lot of that too deep coverage. The saints were showing because statistically like Rogers, I looked this up today is 17th in the league in yards. It's not like we're getting a bunch of plays over the top. We're not getting the big deep shots and he's missed on a couple, but what's nice is that he's still efficient. He's still at a passer rating of 127. And you don't know who's getting the ball in this offense because he's just a distributor based on what the defense shows. He trusts Cobb. He trusts Adams. He trusts Aaron Jones. But then you know he trusts Tanyan. He finally got in the end zone. You know he trusts Lazard. You know he trusts A.J. Dillon. And I'm going to throw Equinemius into into this. They're starting to mix him into the offense. So you just don't know where this ball is going. And I think that's what makes it dangerous. It's not a big play offense. But they can mix it up to eight different people, and you have to guard all of them. I think it's a three-part answer to why Rodgers isn't necessarily getting the huge yardage. The first is no MVS going deep. At least with MVS, it, it pushes us far more vertically than what we are now. Two is we've included the running game so much more. Like There's not been a team outside these last two years in who knows when that we've relied this much on a tight end crew and this much on a running back crew and all those things are going to be short. And thirdly, I really do think that these first kind of seven weeks is LaFleur putting together the long game puzzle pieces to say, you keep seeing this look and you keep seeing this look and you keep seeing this look. Wait until we start actually pushing it. Because uh, I think it just seems like there's a lot of these – It's I wouldn't say the play calling is generic, but it's a lot more straightforward, even though the formations are getting a little bit more elaborate like they were last year. I think he looked at these first seven weeks and goes, we can win by just playing good old Packers football. Wait till we need to actually get a little tricky to get a little bit out of our comfort zone against the Casey's and the Arizona's of the world where we might have to put up some points. So I, I think it's a combination of all these things of, doing what we need to do, which ends up leaning safe, relying on the running game, and we just don't have that speed on the outside like we'd hope. And I know Lazard has speed, and I know Adams has speed, but we don't have those home run hitters where we're like, you know, double up and go. So it's it's fine. I mean, as long as his touchdown-interception ratio continues to be top of the league, that's all that, that really I'm focused on. But it's it's definitely something interesting because you wouldn't have guessed he's in the bottom half of the league. So with that, let's turn our attention to this matchup on Thursday night in which the Packers are only going to dress 24 people 
and uh, <laughs> we're going to head to the desert and see what happens. So, what position does uh, Aaron Rodgers play on defense? <laughs> yeah, it's he lines be, up next to Devondre. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah he's he's officially now going to be the placeholder. Like, there's a lot of things that are going to happen. Uh, it's been a wild, wild last 24 hours uh, before we recorded this. Um, Joe Barry came down with COVID. We keep telling everybody Devontae Adams can catch everything. Yeah, he caught COVID too. Like he he's the man. Like he does what he needs to do. And he's so man. <laughs> uh to to kind of step back for a second, because I know there were some questions about it, since both of those gentlemen were vaccinated, it is purely a two consecutive days in a row of negatives and they can come back. So that could be this week, that could be next week, it could be three weeks from now. But as soon as either one of these people have two consecutive days of negatives they are back to full time so i assume tuesday morning wednesday morning wednesday afternoon i don't know if game day is included i think he might have a, a chance thursday morning but it's going to yeah. be interesting uh and the injury and not, sorry on that point they weren't going to practice anyway because of the short week it was virtual today because of joe barry's test um, so they were going to be mask and distancing even once they get together so to say like Devontae missed practice, how effective can he be? No, he'd he'd be just fine. Get him get him on that private jet and fly him down there an hour before you declare who's active and not, and we'll be fine. But that's that's kind of wishful thinking, right? Let's yeah, I I'm I I don't think he's gonna be there. Counting Unless out of my, it yeah. just was a false positive and he pulls it off, but I have a hard time believing that I'm sure he probably got tested twice today as soon as it went positive. So mm, it's it's not gonna yeah. happen. Even it's Joe not. Barry, I'm sad. He's been dialing up the right play calls at the right time to cause those turnovers. Mm-hmm. But you, you're not, you're like, say we lose on Thursday, you're not going to blame a loss. I'm like, well, we didn't have our defensive coordinator, but I think that does make a difference on a couple plays, the key plays. It's going to be a different call from Jerry Gray or Matt Lafleur, whoever. It won't be Lafleur, but whoever's tasked with calling plays, it's going to be a different play call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it is Jerry Gray, which is interesting because he was one of the guys that we were actually kind of excited for the possibility of him being D.C. this year. So it's it, he has that background. So luckily, this isn't a situation where we're turning to a a, a random secondary or linebacker coach and being like, all right, do we got to do? He has that experience. He's a smart dude. He'll he'll be able to dial it up. And I'm sure him and Barry will be in the same virtual conference room working through every single thing this week. So I don't think it'll be a huge disadvantage. Have not having Devonte Adams definitely big because the Arizona Cardinals are the only seven and O team in the NFL. They have beaten the Titans, Vikings, Jags, Rams, 49ers, Browns, and most recently the Texans. And the one stat I wanted to bring up as we talk about this Cardinals offense, that is a juggernaut. A lot of these games, they were losing coming out of the first quarter. They do not start games very well. They were down 21 to 7 to Minnesota. They were down 19 to 10 to Jacksonville. They were down to the Texans heading into the second quarter. They were down to the Rams. More often than not, they are beyond slow starting, which means we have to get the ball and we need to play as superb defense as we can for as long as we can. But looking at this offense, Kyler Murray is just. It's ridiculous. He's already at 2,000 yards. He's running around like an absolute madman. Um, Hopkins was injured, but it seems by all means he'll be playing uh, Kirk Green, Rondell Moore, who we were a little bit in love with coming out of the draft. 
as a Big Ten guy. Edmonds and Connor have been sharing the ball just about evenly, even Connor a little bit more just from an experience standpoint. But how can we slow this team down <laughs> enough with who we might have on the field? Just insert crickets into this part. Anyone, anyone got an answer to that? This is like an all Madden team. Like put your favorite weapons together as an entire offense. The beauty of what you can do when a quarterback's on a rookie contract and not getting paid $40 million a year, they're just stacked. At, it, it's a true bummer that we have all the injuries. And luckily it's only week eight of the NFL season and it's not the playoffs. Uh, but the matchups are not in our favor this week. And I don't know how you match up specifically in the the passing game. That if you got to mirror Kyler, and you know, here's an open question: Who would mirror Kyler? Uh, then I still don't know how you you know Stokes is going to get DeAndre Hopkins, and then the rest of our crew, Russell Douglas and Shannon Sullivan's get Christian Kirk and AJ Green. Like there's mismatches across the board. Yeah, but. Couple things, couple things. So yes, Kyler Murray can run, but he really doesn't. He, he's only run forty-three times for one hundred twenty-six yards. I, I mean, he, he creates. He, he creates plays. He, he, I, I like to compare him to more of a Russell Wilson. He runs second, passes first, and and he does extend plays. So if we can keep him inside the pocket, it could get interesting as long as we don't leave the middle of the field wide open. He might run for 200 yards if we do that. But what I wanted to point out is, Dan, you said it right. This is like an all-Madden team. They have four wide receivers over 300 yards already. All of them have over 20, 24 catches. We'll put it at 24. Let's compare that to the Packers. We have one player with over 300 yards receiving, and he has 744. And And the second is a running back. So, yes, we feel good about our wide receivers, but we are still behind when you look at other teams and just how much. And these these aren't because of Kyler Murray. These guys get open. They run really good routes. AJ Green has looked solid, surprisingly, too, coming off of two years off. Um, but, yes, this team and then throw Zach Ertz in there now. Like, it's just unfair. His first game, three catches, 66 yards and a touchdown. Like, what? Come on, get out of here. Yeah, he hit like the rejuvenation center on his flight from Philadelphia to Arizona. They're, they're going to make him look like he's in his prime again. I'm I'm nervous. I don't think this game goes really well for us. The, the saving grace is let's look at the Packers defense against this offense, right? We're actually sixth in the league in yards per passing attempt as a defense. So we've done a pretty nice job, even with the 40-yarder to McLaurin over Eric Stokes. Stokes has done a nice job holding up in the absence of our top two corners. Um, So we're not giving up huge yardage per passing attempt. So that favors us if Ryan's statistic holds true. The Packers can get out early to a lead, and you force the Cardinals to throw more than they have to run. Now, if the Cardinals can put up a couple points in the first half, our defense is 30th in yards per carry in the rushing game. So you get behind, the team you know, can run rather than throw, but that's going to be a big problem if that happens too. So it's an offense that can put up points in a hurry. It almost feels like Chiefs when Mahomes is clicking. It's like you can be up 21, 
but they could put up 21 in a hurry if you just blink too hard. So mm-hmm. there's no comfortable lead against this team. There's a reason that they're undefeated and it goes to their defense too. But um, I just, if we were healthy, I, I could try to write a storyline of how this game goes, goes well for us. And we prove that we're a Super Bowl contender, but I mean, we don't have our studs. I, they shouldn't even play the game. Let's just go into next week. <laughs> I think that's the scary thing is you look at Hopkins, Kirk and green and even though they're doing well, as Josh mentioned, all over 400 yards apiece, their longest catch has been 41 yards by by Green. Everybody else has been lower. So they're not even necessarily getting the, the huge blockbuster plays that we're used to from this group. And the player that I actually circle as the one that I'm scared about is Rondell Moore. Because this dude, not only is he 300 yards, he's found the end zone once. But his yards after catch, 85% of his yards are after he touches the ball. And that kind of worries me that if we are shaky with our tackling, this dude is just going to keep on running. And you, you look at what Washington's been able to do in these moments in the past games where these kind of slippery receivers give us a lot of trouble. And so Hopkins, yeah, maybe he's banged up. Kirk and Green are just studs that are going to catch everything that comes in their way. But Rondell Moore, a guy that's just a speedster, is going to really, really challenge our safety group, and I just hope we're up to the challenge. And I, I agree with everything that's been said. I mean, Kyler Murray is still young enough that he's going to to give you opportunities to take advantage and and hope that he makes a mistake. And it's as you know, he's scrambling around, he's trying to force something to make it happen, which why it's so crucial for our offense to get off to a good start because I think that's the only way we beat them is very, very, very timely defensive plays that happen to work out in our favor because. Man, this is just uh this is just a nightmare. A nightmare fuel for you look up and down this lineup of speed, size and just overall strength is just scary. So It's going to be interesting, but let's move so to this talk about how we score points. Yes, yes. And so and again, a lot of names that uh people know, Isaiah Simmons has been having an awesome year, Hicks their linebacker has been solid. Golden is actually their leader in sacks with six. You can't forget about Chandler Jones, even though he's been injured and all those came in one game against the he's Bears. Back. And Buddha Baker, who's just the the dude back there. But there's a lot, again, of talent, a little bit younger, uh, some older guys. We mentioned him last podcast. I don't know if you guys remember J.J. Watt. He uh, He's very good still when he doesn't have to be playing, overexerting himself. So can the Packers make this a shootout if they don't have Adams and if the the O line is where it's at right now? No. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna lay it out. I, I don't. It will take a miracle. It, it will take an absolute perfect game by this Packers team, which we haven't seen even anything close yet to it, uh, to pull this off. Uh, this is a Cardinals team that. Uh, and we talked about this before. I don't think they're the best team in the NFL. They're the best in, in the NFL right now. They're on fire. They're playing out of their minds. Their defense is holding teams to 16.3 points per game. Like you could talk all day about the offense. They're winning because of this defense. Yes, their offense has scored over 30 points every game, but one against the 49ers. But the defense continues to hold them and they know how to create pressure. They know how to hang back in zones. 
Um, and, and let us not forget, Campbell came from this team. They said bye-bye to this guy, and they have because a bunch of young could, guys. Yeah, because look at their middle linebackers, Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, two guys that are essentially mm-hmm. overgrown safeties that came down to play in the box. And then Jordan Hicks, a guy we wanted in free agency, is kind of a backup on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. They're loaded. So, yeah, you're going to have to pick your spots. It's going to have to be one of those games that Aaron Rodgers decides to just put the offense on his back. MVS, I, we've all had a debate offline. Looks like he's trending towards playing. Let me just do the official statement. He did a run test today. They're going to see how his body recovers. He looked but, good, though. He looked good. But, but yeah, our, our insiders uh, tell us that, you know, he's healed up and he's ready to, to go for it. <laughs> So, you know, he can draw the coverage of Byron Murphy, uh, but I'm nervous. You're going to have to scheme guys open. Rodgers is going to have to ball out, which he's capable of doing. Can you keep Rodgers untouched long enough to make plays? You got Watt off of one edge. Chandler Jones is back from the other edge. Marcus Golden is a nice edge rusher wearing 44. It's always confusing. Uh, They got a lot of guys. So I I feel like you're going to be able to hang in there for a minute, but – it's going to be almost like Washington football team against the Packers. It's like you're in the game and then you're like all of a sudden, yeah, they got a bunch of dudes and our dudes are wearing sweats right now. Yeah. And and I, and if Devante isn't playing, I'm, I'm comparing it to when he was out last year and uh, we, we depended on the running backs. We depended on the running backs of the ground game and the passing game. We kept saying, get it to them 10 times, 10 times in through the air to the running backs just to ease the pressure of the defensive line. And if Devontae's not there, I don't see – even if MBS is back, he's not going to be 100%. He's just coming back from injury. Yes, he'll help, but I don't see who could step up to get open in that secondary. They are very quick in that middle of the field with those linebackers that you mentioned. They're great at pass coverage. And I, I don't see how we can find the space without Devontae Adams. Um, now, if the running backs step up and Aaron Jones – that could get exciting. Yeah, yeah. AJ Dillon stops fumbling. All right, Ryan, bail us out. Where are we getting points? Steamroller. We, we call him points. We call him the place to Mercedes. Where are we Steamroller. Points? I, I mean, it's honestly, I think the only reason that the Packers could win this game is they gain that mentality coming out of the Bengals game where it doesn't need to be pretty. We we scrap and we claw and we make things happen. I think you're going to see a very, very motivated Packer crew because all the pressure is on Arizona. If Arizona doesn't win this game with the Packers missing eight, nine starters, including a potential league MVP, even though he's a wide receiver and they'll never choose that, it's it's they have to win. Arizona has to win. If they don't, I I think a lot of people label them as is this fraud? Is what is going on? And I, I so that's the only way, way I see the Packers winning it is they get a timely interception, they get running game going just enough. Rodgers just has this game where he's winking and he's nodding, he's blowing kisses and strapping on championship belts, and we pull it off. But I just without MVS healthy, a hundred percent without Adams, without an O line. Even without Tunyon being necessarily active and Lazard being active for these first seven weeks, it's just it's not going to be a very fun game. And you just got to hope that by the third quarter, you're at least in distance to the Arizona Cardinals, that you can make these last ditch attempts to see what you can do. But 
Malafleur has his work cut out from him because he's going to need to dial up some plays that are absolutely keeping the Cardinals on their toes. And I, I just want to ask you guys, do you think they have played better competition than the Packers? I mean, I think so. Like yes. The Titans, Rams, Browns. Browns. And they, Vikings. they've beaten yeah. them by a lot. They yeah. beat the Vikings by one, but Titans, Titans, Rams, Browns were all double digits. Mm-hmm. <sighs> They're an impressive oh, team. So let's let's live in well. Let's do predictions, and then I'll throw out a a fun scenario to end the pod with. Let's do predictions. They uh, the electricity goes out in uh, Phoenix, and we have to push this game to Sunday. In which case, Devontae <laughs> somehow gets negative, and Bach comes back, and we win. Yep. There you so go. you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I we gotta get a flight say... to Phoenix asap, guys, with some wire cutters. Let's make this a hand. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the NFL, right? So we'll we'll do this fantasy land scenario. Let's just say the Packers win. How huge would that statement be? It's they're the most dangerous team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You have a scrappy dog that's missing number one or number two in any number of position eight, nine, ten dudes. Like once they are back to a hundred percent, if they can, looking at that twelve coming out of the bye week of thirteen, like. Good Lord, this would be a, a team that you do not want to face, period. But, mm. oh, Josh, ah. your, your moans are always uh, interesting, to say the least. But, yeah, <laughs> number one wide receiver, maybe number two wide receiver, number one center, number one left tackle, number one outside linebacker, number one corner, number two corner. I'm probably missing a couple. If you can go in there into an opposing team's field that's undefeated and get a W anyway, anyhow, pull out the Dan Campbell bag of tricks and just do some fake punts. Like just go for it. I, I don't think you have anything to lose. Thursday Nothing. Yeah. Like, I, I think they, they, they pull out the whole playbook in this game. I, I yeah, think you, they do. You lose by 25. Everyone's just going to write it up and be like, yeah, we had nobody and they're a great team. And let's, let's hope we see them in the playoffs. If you win by one, it's going to be like, Ooh boy. The Packers are the Super Bowl contender against over under over under two and a half trick plays. So under. double reverses, beautiful annexation of Puerto Rico. What? How many? How many kind under. of trick plays do we we throw out there? Under they trust Rodgers. Yeah, cute with it. Yeah, we're we're not a trick. I, now multiple screens, you know, misdirection. Yeah, plenty of that. Plenty of the same looking play. Same call three times in a row, but it's different. You know, plenty of that. Mm. All right. Well, let's get to some very sad predictions. (laughs) Who who is your MVP? All right. I'll I'll kick it off. Uh, I I do have the Cardinals winning and winning pretty big. I think this is only like the second or third time I've picked a Packers loss in our time of doing this. So this is uh, hopefully two and a half seasons. Not a homer, though. Not a homer. Hey, they've only lost how many times? So I'm doing pretty good. There you go. Uh, So but I think they're going to Cardinals are going to win 31 17. I don't think it's going to look good. Um, I I think there's going to be a lot of frustrated Rodgers. Um, especially if Adams is a no-go. Now, there is a chance. If he does go, this could be a completely different game. But the Cardinals just look too good, and they're on fire right now. They just got an added tight end who just had a really good first game that even increased their momentum. I just don't see any way for us to slow down. Now, 
later in the year, I think this is going to be a really good playoff game. I think we meet them again in the playoffs, um, and I think it's a lot closer than this matchup. MVP, I don't even know. Aaron Aaron Rodgers, it's got to be Aaron Rodgers in this. He has to pull off his best game of the year right now if we have a chance to win. Uh, he can't make any mistakes, and he has to get rid of the ball quickly uh, for us to even stand a chance. Now, who's going to get open quickly? I don't know. But <laughs> come on, LeFleur, pull it out of your ass. Yeah, I think if you're going to have a statistical MVP win or loss, it's, got, it's of course going to be Aaron Rodgers. I, I got my score a little bit closer. I got Cardinals 31, Packers 24. Like I said, I think they can stay in it long enough, and then maybe it's a backdoor cover. I, I think in the fourth quarter you're going to know who's winning the game, and, and it's not going to be us. But uh, 31-24, like I said, statistically your MVP should be Rodgers because I think it's all going to fall to him, including some dump offs to the running backs. So, you know, Aaron Jones, I'm looking at him to have like eight catches. Uh, but if we were to win the game, the MVP, I think, has to come from the defense. So I got two guys in mind, and I'll start with the one I didn't pick, Devondre Campbell. I didn't pick him just because it's too easy of a pick. The guy is the defensive MVP right now. You need somebody to answer the question that nobody has answered so far on this podcast of who would be tasked with mirroring Kyler Murray. Devondre, I don't know if he's quite fast enough. Jalen Smith is like a little more twitched up of a linebacker, but I don't trust him enough to be tasked with that responsibility. So do you just bring in another safety? Henry Black just had a terrible game. I don't know if you trust him to just roam the middle of the field. So I digress. I don't know if it comes that from that position, but if we were to win the game, that tells me Eric Stokes had a heck of a game covering DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, all those guys, he's playing way above his rookie status. Even if we were to compete, it tells me Stokes had another great game. So I'll go with him for MVP in a seven-point loss. Ironically, Vegas took that three-point spread off the board once Devontae was announced with COVID earlier this afternoon, at least on the site I use. So I don't know if you guys have seen spreads come out since that news, but I imagine that changed the point total a little bit. Yeah, it was three and a half, and then I believe it jumped up to six and a half before Ooh. it was pulled. It was an immediate three-point swing wow. um, as soon as they heard. And then uh, I think Vegas freaking out that this could uh, grow to other players said, we're going to take this off the board for the time being. Uh, yeah, it, this game is going to go one of two ways and only two ways. The Packers are either going to lose a close game or they're going to get the doors blown the F off of them. I, I just... It's a matter of is this going to turn into a at Tampa where it was a bad interception in the beginning and you just saw the wheels fall off that they were able to hang with them, but they just never were remotely close to chipping away. Or is this going to kind of be like the Eagles two years ago where you felt like we had chances and it just it, it wasn't our night and we were too banged up and we were hurting and everything like that. But I'm going to choose uh, I'm going to choose the former. I, I just. It's going to be a very, very fun game. I actually am viewing this like a college game where you're you're an underdog on the road. Can you make something crazy happen with a, a lot of two stars and three star performers? Like, let's roll the dice. Let's get crazy and have some fun. And that's why I actually think that we probably do do a trick play here or there just because uh, we're feeling like we need to, which may be good, which may be bad. I had Savage as my MVP because this man... 
he should have like four or five interceptions. The the ball going directly through his hands crushed me against Washington. I, I wanted him to just be able to pull it down and, and make those kind of plays, but he's going to have another opportunity and a scramble and a tip and a something going wrong that he will have an opportunity to intercept Kyler Murray. And will he get it or will he not? This podcast also needs to go to a casino because we would put all our money on 31 black at the roulette table because I believe we've all picked that number for like the last three straight weeks. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I think it's going to be actually 36 to 23. It's just it's just not it might even be a bigger spread than that. I I, I think coming out of this, people are going to poo poo the Packers and give up on them, not realizing how banged up they are. And Arizona will be the odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl. And it won't even be remotely close, but we'll see how Thursday night goes. We're all going to be down, hopefully hanging around. Oh, we're going to be pit, together drinking Mexican beer and just watching the Packers get smoked. So. <laughs> might turn into whiskey in the now. rain. Yeah, in the rain. So as long as it's not Saints bad, I'll take it as a sign of improvement. Let's just go out there and compete. I just hope all the boys have fun. Just have a good time, guys. Saints bad because Saints was borderline healthy and just not knowing what they're doing. At least right. we can lean on the fact that we don't have anybody playing. But six wins since. Hopefully, Packer Nation, enjoy your Thursday night. Enjoy it if it goes great. And if it doesn't, just brush off them shoulders and we'll get them next week. But until then, thanks, everybody. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.